0: Hello everybody, thanks for joining today uh, for episode 29 of Customers Who Click. I had an amazing conversation with Rishi Wout this week all about copywriting and how this can impact on your conversion rates and customer experience. Rishi's a super smart guy uh, and it was a really fun and interesting conversation. I think copywriting's really underrated these days as discussed with Pete back in an earlier episode, especially when it comes to e-commerce. The feeling is that customers don't really want to read long pages of text before purchasing, but it's kind of missing the point. You know, some will, some won't. Uh, Most will read at least some of the copy. And if that's well-written, if it's a well-written benefit or headline, uh, you know, it keeps them either reading the page longer or it convinces them to just take action and get on with their purchase. But let's hear from Rishi now on his approach to conversion and copywriting. Hi, Rishi. Thanks for joining me. Um, Absolute pleasure having
1: you here. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, uh, what you do, how you've got here? Sure. I am endlessly fascinated by irrational behavior of shoppers human beings and myself included so that's really kind of the the invisible force that propels me forward i want to understand why we behave in such radically fantastically beautifully irrational ways and that's kind of my that's my guiding force and the way i got here was uh, you know 11 years ago i was working in analytics and i would have insights based on friction that I was finding finding on clients websites and they would say this is great but how do we know that your ideas are working and I would um, I got into aB testing and then from there I got into biopsychology so that's my story arc okay cool yeah I mean the some of the irrational stuff I, I think you can you can kind of explain it
0: to yourself afterwards and go okay, okay this does actually make sense um but other times it's just or like initially when it happens you're just thinking what why are people like?" ignoring this and doing this or sometimes it's why aren't they buying and you just can't work it out and yeah that's you know kind of part, part of why i got into into cro and customer experience as well you know, trying to solve these these problems rather than just trying
1: to drive traffic to a website um cool so like what does a standard day look like for you i'm pretty kind of uh, structured in some ways and unstructured in other ways so i start my day at 5 a.m um i like to actually start reading I like to start my day by reading articles that I've written a long time ago. So I've been writing now for the last 13 years and I've been writing specifically about buyer psychology and in particular focused on buyer psychology as it relates to first time buyers. Um, So that's kind of the universe in which I swim. And so I've been writing for the last 13 years. So I like to kind of start my day by actually picking a random article that I wrote a long time ago um, and then just start reading that um, it's typically a quick article, but what it does is it really helps me focus in on first principles. I think with marketing being such a broad universe, I find myself every day getting tugged away and pulled and distracted with different um, areas that are not necessarily things that would make me happy, but they get I get distracted all day long. So just starting the day by reading some of the, you know the articles that I've written, which essentially reminds me of why I do what I do is like how I like to start my day. And I guess after that, I like to, obviously I have to do client work and then I do a lot of internal work as well. Um, But whatever free time I have between in my day, I actually like to spend time looking at what other online marketers are doing or other marketers are doing. And it doesn't just relate to online marketers, but it could be, um, I spent a lot of time watching infomercials. Um, It could be reading, you know, magazine ads and things like that. So the reason I'm really fascinated by all of these things is that the people that I'm trying to influence and convert are also living in the world and experiencing these things. So I want to kind of walk in their shoes, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, I mean, I, I don't like the fact you do it at 5 a.m. <laughs> I'm definitely not a morning person. But yeah, there's, it's it's really important to spend time just uh, reviewing. Like, I like the fact you review the stuff you've written before. I think that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, looking at what other marketers are doing and actually really paying attention to what's out there, particularly, you know, I mean, it's a bit different for, for you and, and me now, given that I, I work with different clients, but when I was working in-house, you know, it's, I, I found it really useful looking at what other marketers in other industries were doing as well. And um, not just what our competitors were doing. Right. Um, Cause I think you get some really good creative ideas um, from, from anywhere that you can just adapt and, and see how it fits to your industry. That's true. Let's talk a bit about copywriting then, because that's that's what you do, isn't it? Like your yeah. main copywriting for for conversion, really. Um, so yeah, tell us a bit about that. Um, I guess what it'd be good to hear why you focus on copy, the copywriting aspect. Um, but yeah, kind of tell us about what, why it's important, why businesses need to be paying m- a bit more attention to copywriting.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, so you know, I kind of kind of look at myself as being not a great copywriter. Um, And and the way I got to copywriting is actually, is very interesting and it's very different than how copywriters get to copywriting. So most copywriters get into copywriting because they essentially love to write Uh, They love to, they're creative people and they say, you know, hey, copywriting is something that, you know, they kind of stumble into copywriting. In my case, my background is in engineering. I didn't even know what copywriting was. Um, I was never really interested in that. But what happened was that as we started A-B testing, um, we realized that the, the tests that we were doing that had the best sustained impact. Now keep in mind, I'm talking, I'm emphasizing on this word sustained impact, um, were ideas that were around copy. And so we kind of started, you know, being a lazy guy. I wanted to kind of zero in on things that were driving the best results. And so we kind of kept on doubling down into copy. And eventually we kind of stopped doing everything else and just completely focused on copywriting. And I would say just for the sake of your audience, even within copywriting, there is, a, there is a specific aspect of copywriting that I find the most compelling. And I, when I say I find it compelling, I mean it converts the best uh, for the tests that we run, which is stories. Um, so within the universe of copywriting, the thing that I find the most fascinating and the thing that converts the best for the clients that we work with is storytelling. And so that kind of is sits at the center of it. And the reason why it's so important is, first of all, is because it's being underutilized so if you are a marketer, uh, there is a significant opportunity to outdo your competitors using copywriting. With design, What's the thing about removing friction using design is that you're essentially saying, okay, well, my checkout flow is kind of cumbersome. I'm asking too many questions. I'm going to kind of remove the friction doing that. That is very different then the kind of impact you get with copywriting. So with design changes or with UI and UX changes, you are eliminating friction. So you're removing drag. With copy, you're essentially amplifying desire. So you're actually increasing the likelihood of someone buying by getting them to be super excited about the product you're selling. So to me, the net impact of copywriting is significantly higher. But the other advantage of reason why I think it's such an important part of CRO is that consumer preferences are changing all the time. So you might remove friction from your checkout flow, but your competitors could do the exact same thing and therefore you become kind of equal. But it's very hard for competitors to copy your story. Uh, They can kind of copy the outer layer of your story, but they can't really copy the soul of your story. So I feel it's actually a more of a sticky advantage. And that's why I feel that uh, copywriting is, from my perspective, obviously, it's a pretty important part of CRO.
0: Yeah, I like that, um, and it kind of feeds into the, the the conversations around branding that that I've had uh, recently and on the podcast. How the, those brands that really clearly show off their values and and have a purpose kind of stand out more than those ones who are just just like, almost like any other fashion site or any other e commerce site. Um, and it's you know apart from maybe some different colors and a slightly different layout, there's not really much to differentiate themselves um but it's those ones who do talk about those real values that they care about that stands out and makes people more interested in them and yeah like like you say that that has to be done through copy you can't do that through design really
1: yeah and you know and also even if you want to if there there are certain brands that kind of lean more on video content there's a you know that's also an interesting secular trend is that video consumption is going up you know exponentially and i think a lot of people confuse this and they say Oh, copywriting is the words that are on the screen. If I'm creating a video, that's really not copywriting. That's that's video work. And I don't draw a distinction uh, because videos are based on scripts and scripts are based on copy. So even if you were to create video content, video content, it still kind of emanates from principles of copywriting. Yeah, it's it's about the words you're using, not, uh, right. not the in, video. in whatever form
0: that takes. That's um, true. If you remove the words. If there aren't words involved, then it's it's kind of not copywriting. It's uh, I guess more design uh, oriented, which which yeah, then then you get those those problems coming up. Um, I think another kind of link to that actually is um, we're seeing more and more brands have a clearer figurehead, I suppose, Um, as someone who tends to be like the the CEO and the founder. um, You know, you've got obviously Zuckerberg uh, and Bezos. Uh, I I can't actually remember the guy's name, but the the guy from Uber, um, the guy, you know, we work, um, those names, you know, you know, people knew their names as the person leading the company. And I think that contributes to it as well. Probably a bit from that video side, you know, if, if you had a video of the founder talking about something he's really passionate about for the business, you know, their, their values and whatever, um, that's going to take it you know, to that next level again.
1: I totally agree. Yeah. What are some of the common like myths and misconceptions about copywriting? Um, You know, the first thing I would say, having spoken to a lot of CRO professionals and frankly, having spoken to a lot of clients as well, they seem kind of surprised that why would someone focus so much on copywriting? And there's this general belief that copywriting doesn't really move the needle. I think part of it is kind of, is based on statistics. So the the basic advantage of take, making UI changes is they apply to the entire user experience. Um, and so, for example, changing the UI of a product page, it applies to every product page. And so the logic is that, you know, hey, we can get to statistical significance faster. And if we had a best-selling product page that was driving 30% of sales, that's still 30% of my audience. That's not 100%. So the theory is that how would copy really even make a difference? Um, so I kind of disagree with this, this whole kind of construction of the argument. Um, I think that if you write incredibly good copy, the the contrast you can create is gonna be so huge that you will be able to actually statistically validate it. So the thing about testing is that the smaller the lift, the harder it is to identify it, therefore you need a bigger sample size. But if, if I were to reduce the traffic to 30%, which is what the bestseller would probably get, but I would to create a concept where the copy is like four x better. Then that would be more than enough to get a, a statistical winner in a reasonable time amount of time. So that's 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 what other CROs why they don't focus on copywriting. But there is this other kind of misunderstanding about copywriting is that um, you know that. Well, I would say I should just keep on keep my focus on that so I would say that's like that's like one of the myths is that copywriting doesn't really make a difference and then even if it does make a difference we can't really kind of um, we can't really use it as a test because it's we we have sample size issues and I, I disagree with both of those arguments
0: yeah I, I get where you're coming from like if uh, if you're gonna put the effort into write really good copy for a product you have to do it differently for every product because you, know, you you can't you can't write really good quality copy uh, copy for uh, an, an entire website in, in one go. Yeah. You, like e- each product has its own unique, uh, features and benefits. Uh, no matter what the site is, there's always going to be those differences that really need to be, to be pointed out in that copy. So yeah, it does like take loads of time and, and then, uh, yeah, it's it's not really one A/B test, is it? You you've got a different test operating on each page.
1: Um, yeah, and, and I would say start off with um, start off with like this is the other mistake is that I think you bring up a really good point, which is that people get overwhelmed and they say, you know, I have copy everywhere. I I mean every, every like our emails are copy, my my website is copy, everything is copy, my ads are copy. This seems like a monumental task. And my take on that is that. Focus in on the things that are the get the most visibility or are the most critical steps of your conversion funnel, and start there. So don't worry about every product page. That's that's ludicrous. Um, but if you say we have this one product that's driving thirty percent of sales, um, and we we start working on that, then that's a great place to start. So scope it. Scope you know change the scope of the of what you're trying to do to match. What it is that you're trying to do and you'll be fine
0: i absolutely agree i think i guess one of the issues there is uh, people like speed don't they um they want the biggest results in the shortest amount of time and what you've described might bring those results but the way you know you're kind of saying we, we're gonna uh, we're gonna a b test this one particular product page for the copy and then as soon as you say that you kind of lose their interest because they're thinking well that's one page why don't we run a test that can be run across the entire site um and i think it kind of it's kind of linked to this idea that that's been discussed a bit that the art of marketing is kind of dying and that people are more focused about those the quick wins and the big wins yes that's and and that, that creativity is being lost um which is the other point i was going to make about the copywriting actually um I think, for me, one of the, one of the reasons people probably feel that copywriting doesn't work that well and it's it doesn't really move the needle is because they will, um, you know, they will write some copy, you know, write a product description, and then they might write a different product description in a different way, but it doesn't really move the needle for them, and it's because they haven't actually written great copy; they've written the same quality copy just in a different way. Yeah. You know, like you've mentioned these stories, getting that story in there. Um, and you see great descriptions of products very rarely. Um it's because there is that kind of story behind it and it really explains the the emotions and the benefits and well and how the benefits build those emotions for people. And and that has to be done really by someone who understands how to write copy. And I think that's that's probably the, the, the
1: that's that's really true that's that's really true i mean it's 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 um yeah i can't emphasize this point enough i mean um you you know it, yeah it's it's a really beautiful topic and i mean i'm so excited just thinking about it but you you've nailed you've hit the nail on the head
0: yeah i mean i, I i've seen it before I've, I've worked with copywriters who are basically i mean no offense to them but you could replace them with a with ai these days already because all they do is churn out kind of the same sort of stuff, um, and make sure there is, there are words on the page when there are words required, the copy, the good copywriters I, that I know are all kind of freelance or, um, you know, have their own agencies and things and they, ch- yeah. and they charge a lot of money because they do write fantastic copy and it, and it shows because yeah, it does move the needle. It does, uh, it does generate those results.
1: And if you can, and the beauty of this is, Will, is that, you know, and this is something, again, I've spoken to a lot of copywriters. I, I I, have relationships with many, many copywriters, and a lot of copywriters are focused on just the craft of writing copy. And I think they are incredible copywriters, but they have this because they look at it as an art form. See, what's really interesting about you and I and people in the CRO world is that, you know, for all our flaws, we actually... Rely on scientific evidence, and I think that's a really powerful thing. And so, when I talk to copywriters, um, and I kind of talk to them about, "Hey, have you considered like A/B testing?" I would say there's there's obviously a group, a growing group of copywriters that actually are comfortable with this now because that's what their business is based on. But the the vast majority of copywriters, even today, kind of don't kind of look down upon uh, the idea of A/B testing and conversion optimization because they they're so used to this idea that you know their copy should be evaluated by other copywriters. And in terms of like how well it is structured and how dulcet it is and all of that good stuff. um, The point I'm trying to make is that if CROs and copywriters can actually can can essentially fuse together, I think that's a billion dollar opportunity. And so I think that this is, you know, it's going to, what copywriters are going to find is that the reason why they they feel their copy is so good is actually because it converts better. If they just have the courage to actually A-B test it, they'll see incredible results and possibly even can charge even more. And so that's the part that I'm, that's the opportunity that I see. I see very few brands focusing on copy. I see a lot of copywriters actually kind of get ignored because they're uncomfortable with the idea of A-B testing their creative work. And I think if we combine these two things, brands will benefit and copywriters will benefit as well.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I kind of see a, 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 a kind of a similar problem with with design as well, actually. Um, and I, I don't want to, I'm definitely not going to slag off designers here, but um, what I've seen is a lot of designers are really good designers, but they're good at making things look good. And as a marketer, and particularly one who's focused on conversion, I always look at things and think, are people going to click on this or does this like, does this image really tell me what, what the product is, what the benefit is and, and that sort of thing. And I remember one of the companies I worked at a few years ago, um, one of the other marketers, cause we, we were, we were complaining about um, design resource at the time and how the designers we had didn't really have the time to produce ads for us. Um, so we were, we were out there looking for freelancers and things. And this guy just said, look, we just really need a a conversion monster. Like someone who just, somebody can design, but has a really good understanding of how to actually get people to interact and click with it. And that's, it's kind of that same thing with copywriting. The, the really good ones do understand it and do know how to get people to respond to the copy. Um, But the ones that more commonly get used in, in companies, as far as I'm concerned, who aren't maybe aren't specialist copywriters? Um, they they lack that that bit that that bit of I guess like ex- specialty expertise that really gets people to uh, emotionally respond to the copy rather than just the copy being well written. If that makes sense.
1: This is this is exactly right. The analogy is exactly correct about designers and and copywriters. You know, one thing I should also mention real quick, which I think is a very valid point is, and I and I didn't mention it earlier, but I should mention it now is that, you know, we talk about CRO, we say, you know, why isn't copywriting used much? And we talked about the the significance uh, issue. There is another reason why I don't think copy is used as much, or, or I think copy, I'm sorry, copy should be used. Is that, because because I, I my background is in A-B testing, everything apart from copy. And one of the challenges we would run into all the time is that when we would, ui changes um first of all it's it's expensive to engineer a ui change number one number two clients are more oddly enough clients are more emotionally tied to their design choices on their website versus the copy on their product pages so i find it easier to write radically different copy on a product page and get the client's approval versus showing them a ui change that they weren't expecting i find they give more resistance on that part so that's another problem with uh Copy test with uh, UI changes. But the third problem is it has it can potentially have rendering issues. So we might run a test where we might actually realize that for people that are on certain versions of Chrome, um, that floating element we added in the light box actually doesn't render properly. And we simply missed out on that. And, and we therefore didn't know how the test we the test didn't do well. The great thing about copy is that. It requires very little engineering effect, and I can use a A/B testing tool like Visual Web VWO and just change the copy, and I can do it on my own without requiring development resources. So that's one other thing to keep in mind about why copy changes are, you know, are are something we should be using more often uh, from our toolbox.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree. Like like you say, um, you know, some changes can be quite quick and easy, um, but the uh, you know, unless, unless something's really wrong, uh, you know, and you can make big impacts with the, with these quick and easy changes, but a, a lot of the time the the AB tests and the changes that really move the needle um, are the ones that do require a, a bit of dev work to, to finally get them implemented. And that, you know, slows things down. Uh, it can be, can be expensive if they need, you know, external dev support and that. And um, so, yeah, like you, you're completely right. You know, Literally, you just, just changing the words on a page is super easy. Um, yeah. it, it's coming up with the correct words to use. That's, that's the more challenging part. Just, uh, I guess, on that, um, do you find there are objections to using long-form copy on pages where it hasn't existed previously?
1: Tremendous objections with long-form copy. Um, it's a format that works quite remarkably well. Um, if you go to... Uh, modern websites. Go to Under Armour. Go to Nike. Go to Amazon. Even you'll find that copy is shrinking in size. So the general perception that clients have is that we need to write. We need to write fewer. W- use fewer words. Come up with more punchy copy. But um, let's avoid long form sales letter format copy. Um, so in my personal experience, um, I would say. I would say. On balance, I would say length of the copy doesn't really matter much. What matters is what you're saying. And if the reader thinks what you're saying is interesting and believable. So if that is one page, then that's fine. If you can tell your whole story in one page, that's fine. If you need 12 pages to do it and you're telling it in an incredibly interesting way, then people will, um, you know, people will watch it. People will read it. I come from India and in India, we have Bollywood movies that that run for like three and a half hours. Um, And. People, you know, millions of people watch it, and so if the content is interesting and resonates with the reader, then that's all that really matters. Um, in my own personal experience, what I will say is that I find long-form copy converts a, a heck of a lot better, and I can give you a simple reason for this. Uh, it's the exact opposite of what the re- it's exact opposite of what we expect. So the reason why marketers like to use fewer cop- fewer words is because we've surveyed our customers and we've asked them if they like long form copy and they have told us overwhelmingly that they want us to just get to the point and and talk in as few words as possible this is the exact opposite of human being how humans actually behave it turns out that what we say are our preferences often don't line up with what our preferences actually are and the reason why long form copy works so well is because as a as a consumer I actually don't want to call your customer service number, email you, or chat with you and ask you questions about things because I know that once I do that, I'm in your system and you're going to then bombard the heck out of me. The great thing about long-form copy, especially if it's written well, and if it's especially if it's structured well, this is why I believe that the design of copy is very, very important. And a lot of copywriters don't think about design, but I look, think a lot about the, the design of copy. But if you design your copy appropriately, where the user, there are two types of readers. There are skimmers and there, there are methodical readers. And we need to write copy in a way that satisfies both of those groups. And we've invented a whole bunch of techniques uh, to satisfy that. And you can find that on my blog. But for the purpose of this discussion, um, what I'd like to say is that the, the, the long-form copy is very effective because... It answers all the questions that I have, that I may potentially have as a consumer. And the, the conclusion that we've drawn as marketers is wrong. The conclusion we've drawn is that the copy needs to be short because most people like short copy. I think the conclusion that we should draw is that the copy needs to adapt to the reader. So if someone came to that page and I was able to read their mind and I would have figure out that they prefer... Three hundred words. I would love to retransform my sales pitch into three hundred words and give it to them. If I figured out that they prefer seven hundred and twenty words, I would love to retransform my sales pitch into seven seven hundred twenty words and give it to them. I want my sales pitch to be what my buyer wants to read.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it, I I think it was in Dan Kennedy's book, um, The Ultimate Sales Letter. He mentions exactly what he said about there are people who skim and there are people who read, and you, and you want to. So not only do you want to structure your your page and your copy so that the skimmers can basically skim the page and you know see those highlighted headers or or bullet points or whatever um and get what they need and the other people can can read every word if they want Um, but also the thing about yeah long copy is if someone reads the first couple of hundred words and gets convinced to purchase that's great they're done they're converted but there will be people who will want to read like keep reading and there'll there'll always be that one little bit more information that they want to read or want to find out. And if that's on that page, it it does no damage to the people who, uh, who don't need to read the whole page. But again, it comes down to that structure and are you getting like key messages across? Like, can they, uh, you know, the, the people who do want to just quickly have a look and go, yeah, okay, cool. That's that, that is what I wanted. I'll purchase. Have you, it does the page make, make it easy for them to do that because if you then force them to read the whole page they they might drop off and you'll suffer conversion so it's kind of about yeah like enabling some people to skim some people to read the whole thing having like call to actions throughout and things like that so that if people as soon as someone's made up their mind they can just
1: get on with it um if they haven't they can keep reading I mean, Will, you're talking about something that, you know, is, this is, you know, I haven't been this excited. It's, and this is why this stuff excites me so much is that I'm so excited right now because you are talking about the exact same things that I have devoted my entire professional career into. And just yesterday we were having an internal discussion and we have a copywriting framework, um, a very specific way in which we write copy and, and my employee was saying, you know, um, we're going to very soon run out of things to talk about uh, because we've already covered, you know, we've already got the structure. These are like, you know, 12, 15 different things that we talk about. And I said, no, I said, everything can be broken into a universe in itself. So even within long form copy, I can write like 20 different chapters about different aspects of long form copy. You talked about skimmers versus methodical readers, but there's so many other scenarios to play out um, that we can think about. It is a universe in itself. And and I think this is why I want more CRO people to get into copywriting because we have such a surface level understanding about what copy is. We think about copy as being, you know, catchy phrases that kind of get people uh, to read something or maybe like a listicle or things like that. It's so much more than that. And using technology, and this is the beauty about technology is that we can actually use technology to to essentially make the copy a choose-your-own-adventure type experience. I mean, that's like the ultimate fantasy for, for marketers is that if they can personalize at scale their sales pitch to their audience, which we can figure out today with technology, then we should be doing that. That's what we need to triple down into. And that's what really excites me about the potential of copy. That makes me think, actually. I had a, so
0: I had a chat with... Um... Mikhail de Costa, uh, founder of Leadu, uh, oh, a little yes. while ago on the on the podcast, Um, and while his tool is more so they're chatbots for for kind of lead generation and conversion, but you could actually do exactly what you're talking about, couldn't you? You could have a an on-page chatbot, which is basically this like choose your own adventure bot, which uses like fantastically written copy to either either potentially just explain why this one product is the right thing for this person or direct them to a to the correct product for them but using copywriting to do it so you you could actually almost i this is something i'd actually want to test actually i think it'd be really cool to almost like have an e-commerce store you'd you'd have to have obviously some sort of theme to it and you know it could be i don't know for some reason vaping came to mind just now but um You almost have like no way for people to get into the store. There's no like catalog, there's no category pages or anything like that. There is just this bot that has such well-written copy that, and questions that anyone, anyone comes to this website can very quickly click through the options and be kind of shown the product that they, they need to buy. And and hopefully they'd buy it, but I, I just think um, that would be quite an extreme thing to do, obviously. But but I think that would be that would be really cool. I can see how that could work for so many businesses. Um, you know, anything from like like you mentioned, Nike uh, is, is is more short form now. But if they went a bit more long form with this kind of choose your own adventure thing, you know, they could say, well, these are the correct trainers for you based on the fact that you have this sort of foot shape and you want to use it for track running. So these are the trainers you should buy. And that's basically going to make you go, cool. Well, I trust Nike because they're a massive brand based on my requirements. They've told me the product that I need to buy. And as a final check, like, yes, it's the right color for me. Yes. It's got great reviews.
1: Cool. Buy it. No, that, that no, that's exactly, that's exactly right. That's the direction in which we're moving forward. You've, this is exactly we'll be seeing more and more of this kind of stuff moving forward
0: yeah I need to find someone to test that with now (laughs) if someone was maybe either getting started with copywriting or uh, you know wanted to like really really work on their copywriting maybe just revamp their website or something um, where should they start what are some of the tips that you'd
1: you'd suggest I've read many many books on copywriting and there is just one book that I've now read four times. I actually read it every single day. I read like a page or two every single day. So it's almost like a constant meditation. And then by the time I've finished the whole book, I'm actually ready to start all over again because each page is like giving me just a little, reminding me about first principles and giving me nuggets. And that book is Adweek Copywriting Handbook by Joseph Sugarman. And uh, so it's Ad Week Copywriting Handbook. The name of the author is Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, Sugarman, one word, S-U-G-A-R-M-A-N. And I would say, even if you are a seasoned copywriter uh, or someone who's getting started with copywriting, don't make the mistakes that I made and kind of walk in the wilderness for four years. I would say, buy this book, read this book, and it is going to transform your life. And it's going to radically improve the kind of copy that you're writing.
0: That is like the the best five star review of, of a book I've ever heard I think um actually that book has been on my bookshelf for years and I've never read it um, and, and now I feel really bad so that is definitely um in fact straight after this recording I'm gonna take it off the bookshelf and put it somewhere where I'll actually see it and 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 pick it up and read it because um, yeah I think like you say you know don't just don't just give it a go and and pick it up try and pick it up as you go like you know re- read some of the best
1: advice out there and and use that to to help you you know but book- my general are- advice about books is that you know uh, don't people we tend to look for books we did t- we get we tend to look at the published date and we say okay if this book was written about if this book was written a year ago it's it's the culmination of everything we've learned as human beings up until a year ago so this is what i want to read i actually look at it exactly in the opposite way uh, this book, uh, Adweek Copyright Handbook, is is a very old book. Um, I, I don't know when it came out even, but probably came out before the 80s, maybe maybe early 90s, probably before that. The fact that in a world where we are looking for new information all the time, that this book is still getting published, is actually the single most important sign that the book is saying something that is evergreen. And so that's a good signal that you should, you should the fact that the book is old is actually a great sign.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, there's so many good books uh, and, and good copywriters uh, who have, have books and copy and content out there. Um, and it's all kind of 30, 40, 50 years old. Um, yeah. But it actually, it really, really works. It's still relevant. Because um, this isn't something that, it's really not something that actually changes. Like people still react to copy in the same way as long as the copy is well written so if you can work out how to write the copy and how to like dig into those emotions that still works it's it's a bit different to you know if someone wrote a book on how to do facebook ads or ppc maybe that book after i don't know definitely after like 5 years is probably going to be i don't know 50% out of date yeah. and, and the rest is that kind of consumer behavior like you know make sure you're actually writing ads that appeal to people but yeah like copywriting that's you know it's something that's that's always going to last and same with um, like psychology books as well um there are some really good books out there i remember reading uh persuasion oh yeah um really good book uh, that's actually that's not that old that's probably within the last it was definitely within the last 10 years it's probably less than that but that's a really good book but yeah i think outside of kind of copywriting uh uh, books and, and textbooks and all that uh, behave, consumer behavior stuff and or not even consumer but you know behavioral psychology and that sort of stuff um might not seem too relevant when you're reading it you know because it's not it doesn't explain how to write copy but it tells you how to like how, how to understand how people think and how they behave and then if you've got the kind of principles of copywriting uh, understood as well you can link the two together and and write fantastic coffee
1: i i i would like to underscore something you said so you know given given a choice between being a crappy copywriter with with very little skills but a pretty good understanding of buyer psychology or shopper behavior versus someone who is a pretty damn good copywriter but doesn't really understand buyer psychology or, or isn't like enamored by that subject I would always choose option number one. Uh, copywriting is just the medium. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a tremendous art form to it, but at the heart of this is um, storytelling, and at the heart of storytelling is understanding how humans behave. So it really kind of, really, at the heart of everything is understanding why humans do what humans do, um, and that is that is you know the most the most important question of all. So what you're talking about is actually you know, far more important than simply copywriting. You're talking about like the soul of, you know, why marketing even exists or why anything exists.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is probably stripping down to the basics, but I suppose a great copywriter who doesn't understand consumer behavior is probably more likely to talk about the features. And someone who's maybe not such a great copywriter, but really understands consumers and and why they buy and how they behave Is probably more likely to write about the the benefits because that's what people want. Yeah, that's exactly right. Cool. Um, So what are the,
1: what are some big and common mistakes you see with, with copywriting? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it it kind of, it, 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 this perfectly segues with what we just discussed. We talked about features and benefits. And I think you're exactly right. I think uh, average marketers focus on features um, and, you know, Fairly good marketers focus on features and benefits, but I would argue that actually features and benefits, even features and benefits, miss the miss the miss the key point. So my thesis is that, and this is why I think focusing purely on features and benefits is a big copywriting mistake. Um, and and, I, and I, the point I'm trying to make here is that buyers buy for deeply emotional reasons that they themselves can't articulate. There's um, research, extensive research done by Eric, Dr. Eric von Hippel from MIT 30 years ago. And the research was around this whole idea of unarticulated needs. Um, The analogy he would use is that, you know, if someone is at a car dealership and trying to buy a car, and uh, they're looking for a red car and dealer shows them, you know, three or four red cars, they're looking for a very specific shade of red. How do you describe that? And the truth is you just can't describe it, but you can, you know, when you see it. And so there's a whole bunch of needs that consumers have that are either subconscious that they don't even know they have these needs or it's something that they can't even articulate. So even if we were to actually ask them they won't be able to describe it. And getting to those needs and understanding those needs Um, is where the real magic of copywriting happens. So I would say that if you're a copywriter that doesn't focus on features and benefits, by all means, start focusing on benefits because benefits are incredibly important. But if you've already started using benefits on your pages and you've kind of reached the local maxima of what you can extract in terms of conversion rates, I would say now let's shift the focus to really understanding the fundamental emotional needs of your buyers and there's a whole framework for this called jobs to be done Um, i would just recommend any listener to google jobs to be done and you will find a whole bunch of resources and it's a very powerful concept and it's going to really kind of take your copywriting to the next level
0: yeah like you say if you're not if you're not really talking about benefits which unfortunately a lot of companies don't um that's absolutely a good place to start but yeah it is that the emotional stuff that you can't explain um, like why people you know the, the car example is a great one I, I've seen a color on a on a particular car that I've really liked but I don't like that car but when I'm looking for the car you know kind of browsing the options for the car that I do like and it doesn't have that blue then I will switch color completely yep and I'll go to red or white or black just because I don't like that the the the, the option of blue that they have
1: yeah, and the sales guy would be so frustrated because he'd be like, "Why don't you like it?" And you will be completely kind of stuck. You won't know how to describe it, and that's that's what an unarticulated need really is. It's
0: it's just not the right blue. <laughs>
1: that's it. Um,
0: and that, and I guess even stuff like um, I guess one of the big debates is like always Pepsi and Coke, and you know why do some people prefer Pepsi? Some people prefer Coke. And the answer is always like the taste, like Pepsi doesn't taste right. I, I prefer Coke over Pepsi, but I couldn't really tell you what the difference is. I mean, I, I, in a blind taste test, I reckon I could, um, but I can't describe what that difference is. I can't describe why I like the flavor of Coca-Cola more than I like the flavor than, than Pepsi. You, you've, you're you exactly right. I know how we we kind of, we kind of, talked earlier about how, uh, you know, the advice from 30, 40, 50 years ago is still really valid and, and fantastic. But do you see any big trends coming up with how companies will use copywriting or how copywriting can influence sales and conversions?
1: I, I actually have one tool that I'd like to talk about. Um, I haven't used it myself yet. Um, I plan to at some point. Um, so a fellow copywriter or a fellow marketer, uh, Pep, who used to who is running an agency called CXL, um, they do lots of training for conversion optimization. His, he has also been a huge proponent of the power of copywriting. And one of the problems with copywriting is that it's hard to sometimes um, collect feedback on copy. Like, where is the copy going wrong? You can kind of show a poll. But that's not very granular because the the poll appears and the, we ask questions like you know did you did you like this product and the response is no that's not very that's not very actionable for me as a marketer. So Pep has now come up with a new service called Copy Testing and the website is copytesting.com. And what they do essentially is you um, you give them a URL of of your page and they actually have people on their panel who are from your core from your core demographic or the demographic that you're trying to market to and they actually read your copy and they give very specific feedback on a line-by-line basis on the page itself so you can kind of see little annotations and they'll say things like, you know, this headline is confusing or I don't understand what you mean by this phrase or whatever it is, but it's really powerful stuff. So while A-B testing is great and of course, you know, I think that's a we need quantitative data but we also need qualitative data and when it comes to copy, the best way I know to collect qualitative data would be through a tool like copy testing.
0: Yeah, okay. So yeah, more, more and more use of, of tools and, and services to uh, to a kind of audit, audit your copy and, and work out how you should improve it. Because uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I've yeah, i known of copy testing for a little while. I, again, I like like you, I've never used it. So you've got sites like usertesting.com, which is, you know, where you get they find people in your target audience um, and they just kind of let them loose on your site with uh, specific tasks that they need to complete. And you get that feedback on the usability of your website because it's things like, uh, can you go go and find this product in this size or you know go and make a booking um, under these conditions with these requirements? Um, but yeah, it doesn't it's all about the usability, the UX of the site really. So yeah, having a similar service where people will just, I guess like take, you know, tear your content, tear your, uh, your copy to pieces uh, is, is really useful because it's, I think that's, that one of the things people are worried about with doing this sort of thing is I think people take it personally, don't they? The feedback. And it's not supposed to be, like, I know I just said they tear it to pieces, but you know, you you see other websites and, and I do it myself. I do teardowns where I will, you know, look at a, a landing page or a product page or whatever, do a video of it. And I would just say, I think this could be like this, or, you know, this is, this could be wrong. You know, there could be something that's actually wrong and it's called cool a teardown, but the feedback's just supposed to be, you know, useful, actionable feedback. And that's what I, I imagine copy testing does, but people get a bit precious and and protective about it and and almost don't want to admit they're wrong, do they? And you yeah. don't, don't want to be told by someone else, especially, you know, it, it's exactly what we said earlier. Copywriters want to be judged by copywriters. So I think you will get people who they'll, they put their copy in and, and then be told, get this feedback and then say, Oh yeah, but what, you know, they're not a copywriter. They don't know what they're talking about. They, they've misunderstood the a particular, um, what's the, what's the word for something in copywriting? You know, the particular, uh system or whatever that they've used to create this sentence and at the end of the right. day it doesn't matter if the customer doesn't understand it yeah yeah um cool i, I just want to add one thing from me on, on the the trends actually um i do think ai is going to be really really big and useful in copywriting not for long form and that storytelling stuff or at least not yet um but it's super, super helpful with the really short form stuff, like ad copy, um, subject lines, uh, and little bits like that. Um, you know, there's a, there's a company called Frazy, I've worked with them. Um, I actually got, got Parry on the, uh, I think it was the second episode. Um, it, it's just really good. And it's just a, it's a really good tool for, um, freeing up resource because, you know, Email marketers, you know, it was first designed around subject lines. So email marketers would spend, you know, a fair amount of time trying to come up with even just five different subject lines that are good, each good on their own and different enough to, to be worthwhile testing all five. Whereas this tool just spits out like 20 for you in in a, in a couple of minutes. Um, and it also takes away the bias and it takes away that ability for you to say, um, you know, I, I know I'm, I, I've am i been guilty of it in the past where I've said, I've written this subject line. I think it's the better one because of this, this, this. And it's just my opinion. And I kind of almost force it in there because you, you do get that in companies where almost like the person who speaks loudest gets what they want. So again, like AI takes away that bias and that ability to, to meet, manipulate might not be the right word, but you know what I mean? So yeah, I think it, one of the big trends for me would be AI and copywriting for the for the shorter stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a really good point, actually. Um, and, you know, even as copywriters, keep in mind, we are still using a toolbox. We have a bag of tricks that we're using. Um, so it's not like a, you know, and if you're a copywriter that's literally starting from scratch with new assignments, then you are doing it wrong. Um, so we obviously have a bag of tricks that we use over and over again. We should, because that's the... The tools that make it to our toolkit are the tools that have actually driven results for clients. So we should use a toolkit. And what AI does is it just applies that toolkit at scale. So it takes like the toolkit of like 100 great copywriters and then situationally applies it at lightning speed. Um, This is a net good for us because this means that we can now focus on other things that are related to um, influencing buyer psychology not you know and and other aspects of copywriting so i think it, you're you're right it's a, it's an important trend and i think it's a we should embrace this trend because it's it's you know it actually frees us up to do invent a whole new way or, or or a series of ways of doing copywriting yeah absolutely um so do, do you have any pet peeves when it comes to marketing um There's one that I kind of think about a lot. In 2020, there was a broad study done uh, by a European company on, they looked at like millions of dollars worth of e-commerce transactions over thousands of websites, e-commerce websites. And what they found was that the average session duration for an e-commerce website in the year 2020 is two minutes and 32 seconds. To put this in perspective, not only is two minutes and 32 seconds a chronically short amount of time to convince and convert a buyer, but it's actually less time than we had in 2019. In fact, so it's gone down by 29 seconds uh, from the 2019 study. So it's probably gonna continue going down into the future. This is a real problem. We have this real, real challenge of overabundance of choice, fragmentation of attention. And marketers are in that situation where we're like, well, we need to get the user's attention and kind of keep their attention. And um, and the, the reason why I categorize this as a pet peeve is that the way marketers go about doing this is actually completely wrong so when a marketer is kind of when they see when they're kind of uh, revealed when it's revealed to them that they have two minutes and 32 seconds in order to essentially do something interesting with this visitor on their website they start panicking and in a in a moment of panic they decide to throw everything at the problem so they want uh, there are four notification bubbles there are 17 floating tabs there are six pop-ups there are Everything is screaming for my attention. And the hope is that, hey, listen, if I kind of like put everything out there, put it on blast, then maybe something will resonate and the user will kind of uh, will convert. I think that's a ludicrous thing to do. And I think it has the exact opposite effect, which is it basically makes your everything about you even more annoying and it causes incredible uncalculated long term harm to your brand. Um, So that's my pet peeve is that marketers seem to be using this incredible insight, which is that people spend two minutes and 32 seconds on a website and drawing the exact wrong conclusion from that and throwing everything at the wall. Uh, And I, 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 it's quite annoying and I'm sure we all experience it. And I just see this increasing in velocity.
0: Yeah. So what's happening is websites becoming less compelling. And so people are spending less time on them Yeah. um, because, you know, as we've been talking about the copy is not great or the images might not be great. And it might be things like the UX isn't great or there is no brand and it's just a generic site. So there's again, nothing compelling for them. And instead of trying to make their sites compelling and interesting and capture someone's focus, they kind of throw, yeah, like everything on there, little pop-ups, little banners, sales and everything to say, well, one of these things must catch their attention surely. And and yeah, like what you, what you said, it said um, actually all it does is, is confuse people more. Um, it, it means they in the eight nine seconds you have to initially capture their attention, you're spreading that attention that time over four or five, you know, flashing banners or pop-ups and things. Um, and so actually, you're only really getting
1: two seconds. That's that's right, and 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 I think it kind of comes down to how you frame the question. So if you frame the question as, I have two minutes and 32 seconds to do something, that's that's going to take you down a dark path. But there's another way of framing the question, which is I have two minutes and 32 seconds. I know that's all I get off the gate. What could I do from a storytelling perspective to get the user to care more and want to spend more time on my website? That's the right question to ask yeah. as a marketer.
0: Well, so I mean, yeah, immediately what I'd be thinking as is I'd look at the average time for people who don't purchase on my site versus the average time for people who do purchase and then saying, well, uh, let's say it's two minutes, 32 seconds for those who don't. I'd be saying, well, I've got two minutes, 32 seconds on average to convince this person to spend another six, seven, eight, nine minutes, whatever it is for the average person who does purchase. How do I do that? And then exploring, I mean, this is me going off on my CRO side, but yeah, exploring like what is the consumer behavior of those people who do purchase? How does it differ from those who don't? Um, and you need, you know, it's a, it's a whole other topic of conversation, but you need other tools and you, and you need feedback and things. Um, but I imagine it, it, you know, some of it will be around things like, and there would be people who say, I just didn't find the website interesting. Like they, they might buy the exact same product somewhere else because they just went it's just there's nothing nothing that excites me about this product on this website and then they they see the same product on another website which has that great copy and they go oh yeah i can see myself see myself wearing these but yeah anyway um what just finally then uh what do you think is the most underrated aspect of marketing at the moment
1: i, I think that the thing that we talked about earlier, which I asked listeners to Google, which is jobs to be done, um, I would, I'd I like to repeat that point because I think it's a very important idea. It's a it's a radically different way of looking at marketing. Um, it's a concept that's existed in the world of product design for the last 30 years. Um, I think it's something that applies really well to marketing. And um, obviously, increasingly, more and more marketers are using it, but it was you know co-invented by... A radically radical thinker, Bob Mesta, um, many years ago, and I would recommend you know just search for jobs to be done. There is a, and I'll give a little teaser. There is a video uh, by HubSpot. Uh, it's an interview with Clayton Christensen, who's a who's a prolific writer and wrote about uh, innovation. So if you look for Clayton Christensen, look at it up on YouTube on and you look for jobs to be done, you'll find a seven minute video. And in that seven minute video, he actually talks about a very fascinating topic, which is the McDonald's milkshake story. And that's the teaser I'm going to give you. And uh, if you can search for that, the milkshake story video and find that video and watch seven minutes of that video, um, after you've read the book at copywriting, uh, the copywriting book I recommended, then this video in combination with that book will change your life twice over. So that's my. That's the most underrated aspect of marketing that I think more marketers need to know about, which is jobs to be done.
0: Yeah. So I can just add, if you Google milkshake story video, it's the first result. Okay. So it is right there, and it's the HubSpot video. I can see that in the in the thumbnail. So yeah, I've googled that as in another tab for me to look at later. Um, cool. I mean, this has been really fantastic. I'm I'm sure we could have gone for for a lot longer. It's it's such a such an interesting topic, especially when you start diving into the actual uh, emotions and, and consumer behavior stuff. Um,
1: if people want to get in touch or find out more from you, what's what's the best way of doing that? So, I have a weekly buyer psychology newsletter where I just put together ideas that I'm thinking about, things that I've found in the wild, you know, quick reads, and um, that they can find by joining my newsletter i'm pretty active on linkedin as well but i think the newsletter is a good way to get started if you're not super active on linkedin and the that can be found there's only one way to actually get to it which is www.frictionless-commerce.com forward slash join so frictionless-commerce.com forward slash join if you go there there's a simple sign up form and you can of course unsubscribe whenever you want but um Every week, every Monday morning, I'll share with you uh, something that is only talking about buyer psychology, conversion optimization. Um, but I shared every Monday morning, and I think uh, you'll find it incredibly valuable because it's the uh, it's basically my entire life's work.
0: <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, make sure that it's, uh, there's a link on the uh, on the customers who click website for that. Great. Well, yeah, this has been absolutely fantastic, Rishi. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: I um, very much appreciate the opportunity. This has been a great conversation. Thank you, Will, for having me. And um, if your audience has any questions at all, you know they can reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'm happy to answer um, and address any questions because this is something I care about deeply.
0: I agree with everything Rishi said, really. you know, Copywriting is so incredibly important. And even just having a basic understanding of how to craft copy can set you miles ahead of the competition. A lot of people think of copywriting as just you know, making sure there's a description on the page. But it's so much more than that. It's about you know, crafting that story about your products or services and and kind of, uh, you know, working on those uh, customer emotions. Would you rather buy a T-shirt that simply states the material it's made of, the colour and the fit style? Or would you be more attracted to the beautifully handmade T-shirt made of locally sourced breathable cotton to f- keep you feeling fresh all day long? You know, or something like that. You could probably tell I'm not a copywriter, um, which is why you should get in touch with Rishi. Find him on LinkedIn uh, or check out frictionlesscommerce.com. He's got quite a cool uh, newsletter that he sends out. And for any podcast uh, questions or requests, it's real at customerswho Next up, I've got David who's on, and we're gonna talk about SMS marketing and how you can drive better retention and loyalty without annoying people. But until then, keep those customers clicking.